The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars 7x7, episode 704. All right, if you have not yet read Claudia Gray's novel Bloodline, then what's wrong with you? (laughs) Just kidding. Well, kind of, sort of. Anyway, the point of that is to tell you that we are taking all the gloves off on spoilers and whatnot, and we're going to talk about what we now know about your favorite characters from The Force Awakens and from the original trilogy, of course, and what that might reveal to us about the time period in between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, this is Alvin Johnson with the 501st Legion, and you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and... Here is what we have on tap, the big mystery of Luke Skywalker. So as we know, Luke Skywalker has been missing for some significant length of time when The Force Awakens begins. I swear to you that I read someplace official that it had been 10 years at least, but Pablo Hidalgo has gone on record saying that it's never been stated how long he's been gone. So we know from Bloodline that he's been gone at least six years since Bloodline takes place six years before The Force Awakens. But thanks to some comments made by characters and in the narrative of Bloodline, that number has to be much longer. How much longer? Well, I mean, that's where we get into speculation and stuff. So what I'm going to do for you is read the passages where they mention anything about Luke, and we'll see what we can piece together. Exhibit A refers to a planet Gadalenta, which had been one of Luke's first destinations when he began his research into the Jedi Knights of old. Just how long has he been gone? Well... There's another bit of narrative later, one character reflecting on Luke Skywalker, saying Skywalker had been so long away on his strange quest for the lore of the Jedi that he no longer had much influence outside his own acolytes. He was a figure of myth more than one of flesh and blood. We'll get to the question of the acolytes in a moment. Another thing I wanted to read to you is testimony that happens in the Senate where someone says, The famous Luke Skywalker refers to the famous Luke Skywalker, who has been little seen in the public sphere for many years now. If he uses his rumored strength in the Force for evil, how could we ever defend against him? And that's another thing we have to talk about, his rumored strength in the Force, which is a really interesting way of putting it. Another character in the Senate uh, talking about, well, you know, you have to read the novel, but here's how Luke comes up in there. It says, since the rebellion, Skywalker has lived a private life. He has asked no more of the New Republic than any of its other citizens, nor have we just cause to ask more of him than the substantial service he has already given. Also, at one point in the novel, Leia, who has been separated from Han and Ben and Luke for a while, reflects that never before had her separations from Han, Ben and Luke been more difficult to bear. And one more, which is Luke's last message to her, her being Princess Leia, had been a while ago and badly corrupted by radiation interference. Wherever they were in the galaxy, they were cut off from communication for the time being. And the they is Luke and Ben. So what do we get when we piece all that information together? Let's start with how long Luke has been gone. It's definitely longer than six years. 
And the references to many years, to rarely being seen in the public sphere, to living a private life, really suggests that he has been missing for quite some time. Princess Leia seems to know that he is out and about somewhere and is able to be in communication with him to some degree. But as to his whereabouts, she doesn't even have a handle on where he is and where he's taken Ben for that matter. So, am I willing to bet that Leia has not seen Luke for at least 10 years? Yeah, I think I'm willing to make that bet. I don't know if I'd go so far as to say 15, but mm, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Then there's the bit about his quote-unquote rumored strength in the Force, and what could anybody do to stop him as a result of that if he turned to evil. So, that certainly does suggest that Luke is possibly as powerful as, if not even more powerful, than Darth Vader or the Emperor had been before him. No way to know for sure about that. And also, something to keep in mind is that these things probably turn out to be like whatever the equivalent of telephone is inside the Star Wars galaxy. You know, you hear one thing from somebody and you pass it on to somebody else and you pass it on to somebody else and suddenly it gets totally blown out of proportion. So maybe... There's no truth to the rumor at all that he is that strong in the Force. Maybe he is only fractionally, incrementally stronger. Maybe teaching from the old Jedi temples weren't enough. Maybe teaching from Blue Force Ghosts isn't going to be enough to help him get a handle on what he could be. We don't know yet. I like the the idea of rumored strength in the Force as almost a bit of a red herring in a way. In other words, wouldn't it be nice to think that we're all walking around thinking that Luke is a bad mamma jamma and can use the Force in crazy ways that we have no idea about, but wouldn't it be fascinating if he was actually much more ordinary when we meet him in Episode Eight? I don't think that's the way it's going to go. I just think that's kind of a fascinating story idea to play with. I think, if anything, he's going to be way stronger in the Force, especially after doing all this research on Jedi temples and Jedi lore and following the history of the Jedi Knights of old. I don't see how he comes out of any of that without being much stronger in his powers. But I'd love to hear the dissenting opinion and your thoughts as to why it's different. So chime in at the comments of the blog post for this show's episode at SW7x7.com. And the other thing I wanted to flag was the use of acolytes, that Luke has acolytes. First of all, plural, so more than one person following in his footsteps. And it's funny when you think about the Sith in this regard, because their whole rule of two thing, you can only have two, a master and an apprentice. And on the Jedi side, way back in the day, there were two. There was a master and a Padawan. And granted, they all ran together in one big flock, but still it was that same dual relationship that happened, that dyad, as it were. And it doesn't sound like that's what's going on with Luke, that he has multiple acolytes hanging around with him, how they're being trained and whether he has like a second level of underlings or something like that that are training the next generation of Jedi. We don't know that yet. But acolytes, plural, he does have. And don't yet know, based on the way it was used in the book, whether Ben should be considered one of his acolytes. It seems like maybe, but I can't really say that with any real certainty. Though it does suggest that wherever Luke may be in the galaxy, even though Leia is thinking about Luke and Ben, it may be the case that Luke and Ben and a bunch of Luke's other acolytes are off in the galaxy God knows where. So let's wrap this up and summarize what we know and what we think we know about Luke Skywalker prior to The Force Awakens. First of all, he has definitely been gone at least six years, and we think he's been gone for quite a few more than that, possibly even 10 or 15. 
We know that he has some sort of group of acolytes that had followed him around at some point. They may be still with him now, now being six years before The Force Awakens. We also know that he is toting Ben around the galaxy with him, and he's being referred to as Ben. It could be one of those situations where they're not calling him Kylo Ren, even though he's Kylo Ren and saying, I'm Kylo Ren, and Luke is blowing it off and saying, no, you're Ben Solo, and come with me. I don't know. (laughs) It could go either way. But I think it's probably more likely that if they're referring to him as Ben in the novel, then he is just Ben, and he is not yet Kylo Ren. In which case, Luke has been taking Ben for a merry jaunt around the galaxy into places that are very difficult to reach communications-wise. And he's certainly been one poor correspondent, as the band America would have put it in Sister Golden Hair Surprise. Wow, that's taking you back a ways, isn't it? There's also that last fact of his rumored strength in the Force. And I'll go out on a limb and say that it's not just a game of Star Wars telephone. It's actually legit that he's rumored to be very powerful, and there may be some truth to those rumors, at least from a certain point of view. Har, har, har. And maybe that means we're going to get to see Luke unleashed in Episode 8. That would be pretty cool, I think. And I'd love to know what you think about it, too. Chime in in the comments of the blog post for this show's episode at SW7x7.com. Hey, Rebel Rouser. You're listening to this podcast. Maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story, too. Luckily, we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you got to do is go to audibletrial.com SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles, anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you, audibletrial.com SW7X7. All right, let's have some trivia in here. This is a rebellion, isn't it? I rebel. Last time we asked you what Han, Finn, and Chewie did with Captain Phasma after they were done with her on Starkiller Base, and that was implied, really, that they were putting her into a garbage chute leading to a trash compactor. Today's question, what do they need Captain Phasma's help with? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7, and hey... Before you get scammed by Obi-Wan's wordplay, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if you like what you've been hearing, support the podcast at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not a certain point of view, it's Destiny Unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.